Blog Talk Radio. Winging it. Winging it. Winging it. Winging it. Winging it. Winging it. I'm winging it in no time.
signing unrestricted free agents, obviously, Franz Nielsen, Steve Ott. I mean, Franz Nielsen's a really good player, don't no doubt about it. I think that if they were to give him like a if they were to give him like a like if they were to sway him into like a two year deal, that would be an amazing signing. Um but they didn't. They signed him for longer than that. So um and the guy's, you know, on the wrong side of his thirties or what is he, thirty five? Thirty two. 32. Okay, I don't know why I, I thought he was 32. Okay, so he's he's the kind of kind of guy where he's not exactly going to get way better. So, um, you know, I like Franz Nielsen. I think he's going to be a fine player. The only thing is, is that it sounds like, and I don't know what you guys think about this, but it sounds like they're going to make him the first line center, which I don't know how I feel about that. Um, so that's going to be interesting. Uh, but, I mean, they don't really have any other better options. I mean, you could say Larkin, but that's just as big a, a gamble, I guess, because Larkin has already a lot on his shoulders coming off the season that he had, so uh, his rookie season. So, yeah, I don't I, I, I don't know. It's going to be weird, and it might suck a lot. Um, but uh, going back to the free agent signings, the re- like, you know, it, outside of Darren Helm and Drew Miller, uh, Drew Miller deal was just one one year, so I mean whatever. But the Darren Helm deal was just not good. Like you know, just under four million a year for what five years? I mean, it's just you know they're paying them they're they're paying them basically as like a, a like they're paying them a, a fourth line guy like a second like they, they just they, they shouldn't have given them that. And I'm not too. I was really happy. I was hoping that they were going to part ways with him, but apparently not. So I think that was probably maybe, in my opinion, the worst deal that they that that they gave out. Um, because the DeKaiser deal, I mean, you just you're going to sign him. I mean, it's you, you have to sign him because otherwise, if you don't have him, then who else the hell do you have? Um, what about you guys? What do you think out of all the signings the Red Wings made so far this offseason? Which is the worst? Which one pisses you off the most? I think the Helm deal is, is, is the worst. And like you said, Kyle, you know, you, you knew you, they were going to sign all of their restricted free agents. It just no mm-hmm. one was going to get away. You know, DeKaiser, yes, he's already, I believe he's 26 or he's 25. And so you, you already know he's probably not getting a whole lot better. But the deal isn't the worst thing in the world. Yes, it was the worst of all the RFA defenseman signings, but also there weren't that many RFA defenseman signings. And you can kind of argue that perhaps this, I think the the Coyotes gave out a deal to a guy I've never even heard of, Connor Murphy, and they gave him a six-year deal. So I don't even know that you could argue that that yeah. was even worse. But still, the DeKaiser deal was going to happen. You knew it was going to happen. And whether or not that makes it okay is a different story. The Helm deal was horrendous because he was a UFA. He's about to be 30. He has a significant injury history, even though it's a couple of years in, in the past for him. Uh and he's never really given you more than 15 goals in a season. So I don't really know what you think you're going to get by giving this guy $4 million a year for the next five years and saying, go ahead and do great because you're on your upswing. That was just a terrible, terrible deal. Yeah. JJ, what about you? Uh, let's go off the board and say the worst signing so far is the failure to sign Ryan Sproul. I still haven't done that, and I'm just really curious about when that's going to happen. I don't know. There's nothing really to yeah. add. I guess I'll, I'll nitpick. Um, 
technically you could argue that it's possible that Franz Nielsen only did get a two-year deal because he's got a no-move no clause for the next two years. And then yeah. he can be traded to any anywhere except for he'll have a 10-team no-trade list. Um, so it's possible that like we do get two good years out of him and then magically if yeah. he falls off a cliff we can we can dump him um i think that i'm not necessarily against him being the number one center uh i think he's capable of handling those duties i do think he is the best center we have on the team right now uh i don't think he's going to be the best center we have on the team for the next six years uh but i think that he gives us the opportunity to shelter dylan larkin uh growing into the role of the number one center because uh, this year, this season is going to be a slog for him, and if he's consistently put out against uh, top lines, top pairings, um, I'm r- worried about what that's going to do to him. So I'm I'm happy with with yeah. Nielsen. The helm signing, I oh, yeah, yeah, it's it is what it is. Basically, it's done. It can't be undone um, at this point going forward. All I can really hope for is that Jeff Blashill has the good sense and decency not to use him in the top six. And hopefully, not even say, "Well, you make too much money to put in the, in the on the fourth line." Um, I really like Helm in that that bottom role. I think he'll be overpaid there, but I don't care. He's paid what he's paid. The cap situation is what it is. Don't throw good money after bad. Use him for his role, and that role should be playing on the lower lines. Um, you know, odds variable, whatever. Um, DeKaiser, I do think that he's 26. Um, defensemen tend to peak a little bit later, so I've got more hope for him that he'll turn out fine. Mm-hmm. Um, the Mrazic deal I thought was very good. Um, it does kick the can yeah. down the road a little bit, but I, I, I really don't like – like I'm really leery about giving away term for goalies, and I know that like yeah. he, he, I think he's the real deal, but – I don't care. I'm still kind of okay with with kicking it. So, hold on, Graham. Yeah, no, that was a good that was a good deal. Oh, hi, Graham. Hi, Graham. I'm gonna. Oh, hey, hello. Hey, welcome to the show. Oh, sorry. You know, sorry. I was uh, chatting with my wife, who's been out of town. I was regaling her with all of my wonderful adventures of being a single dad this week. Oh, nice. Hey, uh, question. Hmm. Um, of all. The Red Wings off-season signings. Which one is the worst, in your honest and professional opinion? I mean, the the the, the go-to answer is probably the Helm one, right, because of the term. But yeah, I think it's I think it's Steve Ott just because it's so pointless. I mean, I know that <laughs> the the deal itself is fine. It's a one-year deal. It's eight hundred thousand, so it's easily variable. It just it was when you look at the move, the signing of it. And the timing of it, it was at the end of the day, it, it was a move yeah. that made zero sense to me. Like, why are you doing this? You already have 50 fourth liners on the team. Why are you signing Steve Ott? I don't, I don't understand what it is he's going to bring. Every other signing, I think if you really tax your brain hard enough, you can make an argument that, okay, this guy's going to hopefully – maybe or maybe not, bring something to the team as a positive contribution. With Helm, you know what you're getting. It's not great, but I think as JJ just said, if you put him in the fourth-line role, he, he could be decent. He'll be way overpaid for the role he's playing, but you know we'll complain about that later. He can still right. contribute. Drew Miller, he's a super penalty killer, I'm told. 
um, I don't know, whatever. Uh, everybody else is like, maybe he could be great, maybe he's not. But with Steve-On, it's like, what is he going to do? Like, to me, it feels like Jordan 2-2 all over again, except if Jordan 2-2 was a 1,000 years old. Yeah, and but Jordan 2-2 got a awful deal. God, that contract sucked ass. But nevertheless, I think Helms is probably the worst. Ops is, like, it's pointless, but it can be buried. I mean, I don't think he's going to play more than, like, I think, honestly, if he plays more than, if he plays more than 25 games, I'm going to drop kick something. If he plays more than 10 games, I'm going to drop kick something. If he plays off game, I'll probably drop kick something. But it's just. I'm going to put that on for feel, a YouTube challenge. Yeah, yeah, we can do that. Um, it'll be great. Yeah, uh, yeah you got to drop kick something. Hey, Graham, you want to talk um, about Steve? Over the last three right. years, 397 forwards have played more than 1,000 minutes at 5-on-5, and I have the fourth lowest goals per 60 minutes. So I'm really excited <laughs> about the Steve Hot signing. I'm really excited. Who are the three worst? He's re- so many he's gonna, that's the, the, I bet one of the three uh, behind him were, was Luke Glendening. Unfortunately, no. <laughs> I was hoping that would be no. but it was actually two players I've never heard of. Anton Lander... Mark Andre Cliche and Jacob jo- Josephson, who's the only one I've actually heard of of those guys. So those are the only yeah, that's, his, his name Colton. is actually Cliche. Yeah. Cliche. All right. Cliche. Yeah, he played for Colorado. And Lander, I'm pretty sure was Oiler. I don't actually think even after you correcting me, I'm going to change my pronunciation. So yeah, just keep going. <laughs> you know, okay. If you're that bad, but you don't get your name. Zach Ronaldo has right. more goals than Steve Zach Ronaldo. Just wanted to put that out there. But that's that's fine. Oh, Ronaldo's the third rounder. He's good. Actually, actually, we also got ah, Joe Vital who has Definitely. more goals than Seabot. So that's another good signing or trade. I like they didn't bother yeah, giving um, Joe Vital a, a number. Yeah. Like they announced yeah, all the new numbers this week, and like they didn't even bother yeah. giving him one because they know he's not <laughs> ever going to play for them. Yeah, well, uh, that was a good one. whatever. Fuck him. He'll get. He's getting paid. Who cares? Um. Yeah, so free agency, not that great. Not uh, the. I think it's basically Helm is leading the way in terms of the worst signings and best signings. Obviously, I think you go right for uh, you know the Morassic deal, which is which is just a two year deal because um, it's kind of like a show me deal. Basically, it's a bridge deal, and if he performs over those two uh, years with uh, with you know being leaned on as as the bona fide starter, then throw throw the checkbook at him. But, you know, outside of that, you know, I'm I'm happy they didn't just go out and throw like four or five years at him. Um and then I also think Marchenko's got a thing. real chance to outperform his contract. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. What he got a two year deal, right? Two years Yeah one point four five million. Oh one point four five five. Okay. Yeah, real nice deal for him. Um so I'm looking forward to seeing how he progresses as a as a player because I think like while he's not a huge offensive force, he's a, just a really really good defenseman, um, and in my opinion, probably might be one of the best, if not the best defenseman on the team right now. <laughs> um, I, outside of like I guess Smith, whatever, but he's it's Smith. He's gonna get traded. Um, so we kind of covered all of the signings, moving on to the next obvious thing, which is uh, has a lot to do with uh, the roster. Um, and 
you know, we don't have to riff on this too much because I think it's been beaten into our heads all summer long. But Pavel Datsuk's no longer with us. He's uh, now off to the motherland in the KHL where he is absolutely tearing it apart because the KHL is a dumpster league. Um, does it hurt? Does it hurt to see him scoring these, these highlight reel goals that he's scoring over there and it was so few and far between when you saw it in his final years as a Red Wing? Yeah. Of course it hurts. Yes, it hurts. <laughs> I mean, it sucks it, ass it, and I hate it. I think it. I think it hurts more to see him healthy at the beginning of the year because uh, that would have <laughs> yeah, been nice last year. Isn't that um, so fucking convenient? I, like, I, look, the idea of Datsuk and Kovalchuk lighting it up would have been extremely exciting eight or nine years ago in the NHL. But um, I, I think if you if you don't look at the context of what happened after uh, Datsuk leaving was, I think it was, I, I was hoping it would be a good thing for the Red Wings simply because it would allow them to turn the page, start to transition, um, Clearly, things didn't happen. They're not going to be as good without Pavel Datsuk. That's just the way it is. Because even at 37, because he's the same age as I am, um, he was still, I don't know if he was their best player. People are probably still their best forward, right? I mean, Larkin hadn't taken yeah, he was him their over best player. completely. Yeah, so, I would argue he's their best player. Yeah, you take away any team's best player, they're not going to be as good. I think Nielsen's going to be a decent fit for him, but it is a downgrade. That's just the way it is. It's like when Lidstrom retired, it didn't matter who you put in the, in the lineup. They could have signed any single person in the NHL. It would have been a downgrade. So it's it, it, in a weird way, I think as the season progresses, it'll be okay to see Datsuk score goals in the KHL and he's happy and he's, you know, playing in front of family and whatever, good on him. But Fuck, I just wish he'd just played one more year. Just, you know, finish out your contract. But whatever. Yeah, I agree. It sucks. JJ, I know you have a lot of feelings about this. Um, Honestly, like, I'm not hurt as much as I'm, like, annoyed about being told how much, like, it should hurt. Right. Because I, I, it, it makes me miss hockey. That's it. Like, I want the Red Wings to play again. But, like... Just the oh the the oh my god look how how great that was like if Tim Duncan and Michael Jordan like joined the Argentinian Basketball League this year like would people be fawning over them dropping sixty every game uh, probably yeah, probably not. Yeah. it it wouldn't it wouldn't make me like oh my god I, I miss them so much like. I'm just ready to move on from it all. Like he, he have fun, dude. You made your choice. You're not with the team anymore. Um, KHL sucks. So yeah, you go on your retirement tour over there. And I don't know. Like I guess I'm I'm bitter. That's you can't really hide it in, in what I've been saying. Um, but like I I don't care. Like once Red Wings happen, all of all of the look what Pavel Datsuk's doing in the KHL is gonna be like oh cool whatever. Yeah, once hockey comes out, even once the World Cup starts, I think everything over there, uh, I mean, even though, yeah, I know he's in it, but I, I think once hockey just finally comes back, people will be able to set that aside. I think right now nobody's got anything better to do than just watch him drop, you know, 
I think him and Kovalchuk have like 15 points combined through four games. Yes, the, the yeah. KHL is at the level of the AHL. It's essentially like, okay, here, Datsu, go play in the minor league, see what happens. Like, we knew this was going to happen, and it sucks to see it every single day, especially when he does some stupid cool stuff like that freaking goal he scored the other night with five seconds to go. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it hurts, but I think, like J.J. said, as soon as the, the league comes back, the NHL comes back, and we got something else to focus on, it should all go away. Like, we all, we all knew this was coming, this is just a year sooner than we thought it was going to happen. Like, we all knew he was going back to Russia. We all knew he was going to finish his career there. I just don't think any of us thought it was going to be a year early. And so there's a little bit of a shock factor. But honestly, like, we just got to push past it. And once hockey starts, it'll be fine. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing. I mean, and that's what I try and tell everybody is that the KHL is really – it's a really bad league. I mean – there's no defense like that. I, I just like there are no true like dif- like like shutdown defensemen in that league. Everybody is. It's just like it's so wide open. And I mean, you're talking about a line with Ilya Kovalchuk and Pavel Datsyuk. They're gonna be doing some really crazy shit. And I imagine one of them will run away with the scoring title in that league. Um, so whatever. It is what it is. I think I'll, that's what bugs me the most. It's like. It's impossible not to sound sour grapes about it all, but like mm-hmm. the first one that he, that that backhand, like where the fuck was the goalie on that? That's like some <laughs> shit. That, that was so that, bad. That tying goal. It was funny. Was, yeah. Yeah, the tying goal was amazing, and then you watch the replay, and the puck literally just rolls through three defensemen, and the three defensemen neither play or and stop the puck nor do one of them, like, get in Datsuk's way. Now, that is a good play by Datsuk, and not a lot of people could do that. But if three defenders in the NHL let that happen to them, they'd be on a fucking bus the next day. (laughs) It was a garbage play, and so every time one of these plays happens, like, yes, it's amazing, and I'd love to see more of this in the NHL. But we don't see more of it in the NHL because the players are better. So I can't, but you can't say, oh, that's just a shit play because it it does it sounds like sour grapes you know what fuck all y'all those were bad plays by the defenders and he wouldn't have scored that in the nhl at all yes yeah it is uh it is it is bad um and uh not to mention um it's the khl like fuck, fuck that league um anyways um so it sucks that Pavel Datsuk's gone. I don't think – I think that once the season starts, um, everybody's going to realize how big of an impact he had on the team. But, I mean, some people are going to hang themselves up about it. I'm going to try and just take the high road and just ignore it and say whatever. There's nothing – it's not like – you know, it's just there's so many moving parts to whatever the hell happened. I can't blame him for going back home. I get it. Um, so it is what it is. Just deal with it. I don't know. The, there's no sense in bitching and moaning about it anymore. Um, you know, just enjoy when he scores a highlight reel goal. Enjoy it. And just be like, hell yeah, that's, that's the magic, man. That's what he does. So, I mean, moving on uh, moving on to the, our next uh, our next topic, which is another hot topic, uh, if you will, another hot takey topic. Um, Ken Holland has had himself a very, very interesting offseason. Um one that has been filled with frustration more than anything, I think, on my part, because of 
all the talking he's done to the mainstream media, the beat or in this in the uh, in in Detroit, um, he's just said some dumb things like that. Just you you just can't help but to roll your eyes at. Um, you know, it, it, so that's something that I think that is kind of concerning because if he just whenever he answers like JJ so elegantly put it or in in one of his articles whenever he answers a question he creates several more questions and that's the problem <laughs> is that it doesn't seem that Ken Holland has a plan for the team right now it seems quite literally that it is autopilot um because i mean whatever whatever side you're on if you're on side they should have the pat this soft season with the unrestricted with with free agent signings and just committed to themselves to youth, or if you are on the side of they should have just plugged holes and, and tried to go for the streak because once you get in the playoffs, anything can happen, whatever, if you believe in that. Um, you know, it's still not encouraging what he's doing. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I don't see a plan. I simply just see autopilot, and I see a guy that is about to move his team into a brand-new state-of-the-art arena that they're probably not ready to say, yeah, well, we're going to rebuild this team, even though we just built this new arena with taxpayer dollars and yada, yada, yada. So that's probably not what is going to happen anytime soon. So that's my take on it. What about you guys? How do you feel about Ken Holland and what he's, what he's said this, this, uh, this off season and how he's gone about um, speaking with the media? JJ, for, JJ, you go first because I know you, you riffed on this a lot. Oh man. Um honestly I think that uh that Ken Holland has told us what the plan is. Um we don't want to accept it, uh, because it's not necessarily a very comforting plan, but in in the end, like he is very, very good at GM double speak where it's like you can take almost anything from it and like the national guys just they love to to fawn over how you know even though he, this is some adversity he's he's on the right track and he's saying all the right things and he is saying all the right things, um, but it's it's hard to believe the plan right now as it stands is they absolutely want to extend the streak. Now he has dropped tons of hints that essentially they are not they know they're not competing for a cup. They're they're just not close. He's yeah no, flat he's out straight up. He doesn't think they're one of the one of the contenders for the cup, but they want to get into the playoffs because the playoffs, you know, anything can happen and blah blah. blah. He's got to get that that false sense of that false hope there, um, but he is trying to reload. I mean, it's the problem is that he's trying to reload by adding more veterans of questionable use, and that's that's the big concerning part is that you know he promised us more aggression in the off season and he didn't really deliver on the aggression. He said that they, the kids were going to get a chance, which, until the season starts, we don't know how much truth there is. But based on what we've seen in, in years past, uh, there's not a lot of reason to be uh, supremely hopeful about it. So yeah, it's it's get to the playoff, extend the streak, uh, you know, try to pick in the the 16 or 18 range, which is the first round loser range, um, and then you know you just you keep getting better till you find those superstars that you need. Um, the only thing that, that keeps continuously pissing me off is every time he's 
he's even been forced to to talk about the concept of, of a rebuild. It's always been, oh, that's an eight-year process, and we're not going to do that. And it's like, it's not a fucking eight-year process. You can do it in three if you're lucky. Um, so I don't necessarily mind the idea that they're going with. Uh, I just, I, I'm at the point where I've, I've driven myself fucking bonkers waiting to see what exactly is going to happen because I think that we are going to have an entertaining team. I think that we've got a team that's got a chance to make it into the first round and possibly even make noise to the pat where I can actually be hopeful for the team afterwards. Um, or we can have another team that limps into the first round and just falls apart. So I, I just want the damn season to start so I can see what Blashill is going to do uh, because I'm kind of tired of yeah. Colin. Yeah, that's the big question right there. It's, 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 it's Blashill. And the team right now is anywhere from they could make some noise in the playoffs, like in the first round. And they could be fighting in the basement in the Atlantic. Absolutely, that could happen, I think. Um, yeah. Graham, what about you? Um, I, I kind of feel the same way as JJ. I mean, it, I, I look at it this way. I mean, Ken Holland, he's, I, he's, he has a boss, and I can't believe you look at what happened with the Tigers when they pretty much realized they were out and they sold off pieces. They fired their GM. And Ken Holland's been around longer, but I don't think – I don't think he actively wants to do what he thinks is a rebuild, which I think he's got the right idea. I think he, I think he was aggressive in his own mind uh, this year because he signed, I mean, he traded Dasser. that by itself. Look, he's made a lot of really what the fuck moves this summer. Trading Datsuk was, that was a, that was a really good move at the time. Um, you know, he was able to get rid of that contract for nothing, for 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 literally nothing, for Joe Vitale and uh, and switching spots in the draft. That's it. Um, and I think he, you know, when he said he was going to be aggressive, I think basically we just forgot that what he considers to be aggressive is just signing a bunch of veterans. So it's it's not that he wasn't. He he signed Nielsen. He um, brought in Vanek. I think the Vanek move personally is, is an underrated one because it's the kind of move I would like to see them make. You give a guy a one year deal, um, you know, Hey, show me what you can do. If it doesn't work out, you've lost a year, but Vanek, I mean, mm-hmm. he's got something to prove. You never know. Maybe he can be the guy he used to be. If he's not, what have you lost? You've lost a year. Um, uh, the Morazic deal was a good deal, but it, it's just, he went back. It was summer of 2012 all over again. And it's the, the thing that kind of drives me nuts is that he talks about not doing this rebuild. And it's like, did you not learn your lesson from 2012, 20, tw- the summer of 2012, I believe set the franchise back three to four years because mm-hmm. they had kids that they could have seen what they had at the time while Datsuk and Zetterberg were still good players. They weren't in their prime yet, but they were still good, solid, positive contributors and they could have brought up some of the younger guys, Nyquist, Tatar, you know, these kind of guys over the next couple of years, and who knows where they would be now. Maybe their development would have been bumped up. Maybe they would have figured out, hey, maybe these guys aren't as good, and you, and you drop them. But uh, the other thing that always drives me nuts is this, this concept of, well, we don't know what we have in Ryan Sproul or Xavier Ouellette or Anthony Mantha or Athanasius, mm-hmm. like these guys have been in your system for 
three to five years, if you don't know what you have in them by now, you've got shitty scouts, you've got shitty evaluators of talent in the, in the minor leagues, and shitty evaluators of talent at the, major, at the NHL level. At this point, you should know these guys have a shot at becoming NHL players or they have no shot. And if they have no shot, get rid of them. What is the point of keeping them around or, you know, or, or just waiting until they're out of waiver options before you go, yeah, well, you know, we'll see what they can do now as the seventh defenseman, or maybe they can win a spot. No, you should know what you have with these guys two or three years in. You should have an idea of this guy has a ceiling of a second line forward or a second pairing defenseman. Maybe it's not a huge ceiling, but it's at least something that you know this is how this person fits into our plans, and you make a plan. But he seemed like he just went in, and he's like, I don't know what I have because nobody knows what we have, so I'm just going to fill it with retreads and guys that have succeeded at some point over the last 10 years, and, you know, whatever. Maybe we'll make the playoffs, maybe we won't, but we won't suck, but we won't be awesome. It's just... My fear is that we are going to become the Calgary Flames of the mid-2000s, where they just get in the playoffs every year and just get blown out every year, and they never get better because they they stagnate. Yeah, I uh, I, I think that's a, a real strong point there, and the Calgary Flames comparison is pretty much spot on. Uh, I think that's what we're all terrified of. Prashant, what about you? I know you yeah. you have feelings. I have a lot of feelings on this. I probably shouldn't say this, but we're going to say this anyway. Ken Holland is 60 years old. He's been doing this job for 20 years. How many more years is he going to be going after or responsible as a general manager of this team, realistically? In my opinion, he's just looking to be in the playoffs because this is a legacy question. He's not going to commit himself to a full rebuild because he's not going to be here for all of that. I don't see him being here for all of that. I see him squeezing as much out of this team as he possibly can and literally stepping aside. He's about to, what, this is his 19th year as general manager of the Red Wings. He's 60 years old. I'm not sure how much longer he's doing this, and I'm not sure if he's really saying, I don't want to rebuild because I'm not going to be here. I'm going to take what I can out of this, and then we'll allow a transition before we rebuild. That's the way that this scenario strikes me, because when I look at the kind of guys he's picking up constantly year after year, I mean, there was no reason to go out and sign five forwards. You know, there was no reason when you just saw what Athanasiu could do, what Mantha could do, you're getting excited about Shvetsnikov, you know what, you know, Larkin had a great rookie season, that's the time where you're going, all right, I've got Datsuk leaving. Let me pick up maybe one guy who can help fill Datsuk's role at center, Nielsen, and then I don't need anybody else. Let me start turning this team over. Let me start this rebuild. It just strikes me as if he's the kind of guy who's like, I'm not doing this because I'm not going to be a part of it. And I probably shouldn't say that, but it just it's just the feeling I get when I'm looking at this because – there's no way these moves are defensible to a rational general manager who's going, all right, I have a vision on how this rebuild is going to go. I know it's going to take me three to five years to get everything in plan, and then after that we're going to be able to compete. It strikes me as the kind of guy who goes, either I don't have a clear view on how a rebuild can go or I don't really care to be a part of it. 
And I don't know mm-hmm. if that's really it, but I feel like I have to say that because you go out and find Steve Ott, who has literally done nothing of substance in the NHL besides winning 57% of his face-offs. That's useless. Like, if you're going out and dropping a million dollars in a roster spot on a guy who can win face-offs, whoop-de-doo. I mean, you're picking him because he's a veteran. Drew Miller, you're picking because he's a veteran. You're, you're not doing you're not doing things that need to be done, and this is, this almost strikes me as just common sense, basic knowledge. And he's not giving Blashell the guys that Blashell can work with. I mean, you know, I, I put together that long piece last year in March where I said essentially Blashell tried to run an up tempo system and had nobody who could play it, and the wings got slaughtered. And so he had to dial it back. And I almost feel like you're handicapping your head coach right here by going. Here's Steve Ott. Here's Drew Miller. Go win with them while Mantha and, and uh, Athanasiu sit in Grand Rapids. It just doesn't strike me like general manager and coach are on the same page, and I think they've got two different visions. And I honestly think Holland is, you know, handicapping the ability that Blaschel can – or what Blaschel is actually able to get out of this team. Yeah, I, uh, I, you know, I don't disagree with you uh, at, uh, like by any means. I think that that's a pretty – Good point. I think that the the concept of him just not caring, I, I don't know if that's, I take it that far. All I say, like I said it earlier, I think he is on autopilot, essentially. Um, mm-hmm. He's going to play out the rest of his contract, and I think at the end of his contract, I hope, I cross my fingers, that he just takes a promotion and just gets a desk job or, you know, it basically becomes like, I don't know, just does something else in the organization. He gets promotion essentially, and then, you know, they move. They move. They get a different different guy in there. Um, so I I don't know. I I don't disagree. Well, with real that. quick on the I don't on the kids versus veterans thing uh, because we've we've kind of dealt it. And I, the the fan base in general deals from this angle too of the concept of well we don't know what we have in Sproul um, that. That stupid self-serving. We don't know what we have in him. Well, you don't know what you have in him because you won't play him. The the whole concept of like you need experience to get a job. You need a job to get experience. Shit like that. Um, mm-hmm. And like they they must have a broken a concept of uh, the the other side of that coin is you're thinking back to Ken Holland, the player. He used to be a goaltender. Uh, he got called up way before he was ready. And it basically he wasn't a good enough goaltender anyway, um, and it it destroyed him. Like it, it he, I I think that Ken Holland kind of blames that for the reason why he wasn't a better goalie was that he he just wasn't ready for the pressure and he got thrown into that situation, and that's why he's gun shy about doing that with other players, um, which it does follow into Prashant was talking about it not being rational and that's uh, as as irrational as you can get. Um, but he is playing like the Red Wings way is a specifically different way than the rest than the way the the rest of the NHL does it, and it's it's a big problem um, because the thought isn't like well we don't know what we have in Sproul or we don't know what you have in Ouellette or we we're not sure that that Athanasiu you know can, can cut it. It's I have seen all of this stuff and I don't think that they're ready. It's not that he doesn't know whether or not they're they're capable of doing it. He flat out thinks that they're not. Um, mm-hmm. And he's waiting for he, them to have. He's waiting for somebody to have 
the breakout Gustav Nyquist thing where like you flat out have to wrestle the role away from somebody. And he said it, it's the the old Mike Babcock, the tie goes to the veteran thing where it's self-serving because the veteran basically always, ha- there's always a tie with a veteran. And so that guy just always wins and you're just not ready yet. And you will be ready later. Um, Scotty Bowman used to say, I'd rather trade a guy a, a year too early than a year too late. And I think that's what we need is we do need to be giving, we basically need to be burning out more of our prospects because that's what's going to happen. If we start putting these kids, more of these kids in the NHL at 21 years old, we are going to get a lot more of them that flame out to nothingness and are out of the league by 25. Um, right. I, I, I think the, personally it's a better system um, because those are the kind of, because that's the way everybody else is playing. And so you get that guy who's like Thomas Yurko right now was in the league at 21. And he, he's kind of had it rough, but up until probably this year, he's had some trade value. But if you keep holding these guys back until they're waiver eligible and then like you put them in, you don't put them in a situation to succeed and they don't, the rest of the league has just seen, well, this guy didn't even fucking come up until he was 24. And now you're going to tell me that you want something for him. No, screw off. I don't care. Mm-hmm. So, I think that it, it it is not that Ken Holland doesn't know what he has. He 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 knows. He just looks at it wrong, basically. He he yeah. has said he has said on the record that he's he always gets concerned about guys that get called up and if they struggle, what is what is their mental, you know, what's their mental state going to be? Are they going to be shattered? Is their confidence going to be bad? Because the the idea of shuttling them up and down. They don't want to do that. And I agree with that 100%. I don't want to see a guy up and then he struggles. You send him back down. He kicks ass in the AHL. So you bring him back up and he's like, no, I mean, I don't want to see that either. It's, um, but I also think at some point though, there has to be a little bit of a sink or swim mentality of look, you're, 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 you've reached your potential at the AHL. And if you're a forward who gets into the AHL at, 18. So say you hit the AHL immediately after being drafted and you play two or three years there and you've probably hit as good as you're going to get. I, I, I like the Nyquist comparison here because I think that's what happened to him. I don't know what the ages were but because I know he played college. But I mean, Nyquist got to a point where it's like he's leading the league in scoring. He's leading the league in goals. What else is he going to do down in the AHL? At that point, it only makes sense for, for him to be in the NHL because he's either going to succeed and continue his development or he's going to fail. And if he fails, there's a small part of me that thinks, how does he handle that? Because, he's, because no matter who the player is, when you jump levels, there's going to be an adjustment period and there's going to be struggles. Nobody comes to the NHL immediately except for the absolute elite talents um, and, and succeeds and dominates right away. There's always there's always struggles. Doesn't matter who it is. So there's a point where, and I don't know where that point is, where that line is, where you say, you know what, he's still young. He just needs a little bit more seasoning. Send him back to the AHL. You know, just you know, help him out. Versus, you've gone as far as you can go. You can't hack it at this level. Maybe we look to move you. But I also agree with you have to make that decision quickly while they have value. You can't, you can't do like with Yurko and, and mess around with him or Polkinen 
and basically right. bring them up and sit them all year, and then now nobody knows what you have on them. So you can try and trade I, them. Maybe somebody will take a shot on the potential that they have, but the return that you're going to get is going to be less than if they were an AHL superstar. I know. It just well, all of this just strikes me as the Red Wings don't have a, have an understanding of the concept of an aging curve. Like if you were to pull like hockey Twitter, pull Red Wings management, and ask at what point does the NHL forward peak in terms of scoring? I bet you that the Red Wings mentality is they peak when they're close to thirty, and that's patently false and has been demonstrated false by multiple you know, multiple projects, and we know that it's actually closer to 24 to 25. So when you call up a guy like Gus Nyquist when he's 24 years old, he has a rock star season, and then his scoring doesn't improve. It actually just stays the same. He's actually just following the normal NHL aging curve for a forward in terms of point production, where they retain about 90% of their point production through the age of 29 and then start to drop off after that point. It's not – so when you're calling up a guy at 24, you're technically calling him up at what his NHL peak would be based on a lot of studies. So if you're saying this guy struggles right now when he's 21, that's great. If you let him fly, he gets better more likely. Right. And that's the problem. They're, they're saying if you're not flying at 21, you're not good enough to be here, but that's not right. It's you're improving every year on average as a forward – until you get to 24-25 where you peak, and then you really retain about 90% of your scoring for the next five years. They're not letting people improve between 21 and 24, calling people up at 24, and then getting pissed when they don't get better between 24 and 29, and that's because they're not supposed to. That's not what happens. They don't understand how NHL aging curves work. And it's simple. Right, and you should improve faster playing against NHL competition as well, so that's another Mm -hmm. way that they slow it down. It's it's infuriate. That's probably the single most infuriating thing about this team. And you can get away with it when you have NHL veteran players who defy the NHL aging curve, like guys like Shanahan who can still score 40 goals when he's 33, guys like Brett Hall who scores 40 goals when he's 37. When you have those NHL legends on your team, screw aging curves. You've got guys who are already screwing up. You don't have those anymore, so you have to go with what – usually happens. The Wings got by on outliers for so long. You don't have Steve Eiserman. You don't have Nick Lindstrom. You don't have Brett Hall. You don't have Brendan Shanahan. You now have guys who are falling into the average model of NHL forwards, so you need to understand how the average NHL forward ages and peaks. And it's just frustrating. Yeah, I uh, I agree. I think that there's a lot of frustration, very little uh, positivity across Red Wings uh, faithful right now. Um, the the hope is that I mean, and this is really you know, I hate hoping for this because a as uh, the great Jeff Hancock says, hope is not a strategy. Um, there is you know, oh, obviously boy. injuries are going <laughs> injuries are going to uh, happen, and you've got guys like. Mantha, and I mean, you, you might even get a look at Svechnikov. I mean, you don't know. It's, it's, it, it, there's a lot of possibility out there. So, I don't know. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. And until then, it's a lot of uncertainty and a lot of uh, gut wrenching um, anxiety over what this team 
what what their fate is. Uh, moving on to something a little bit, uh, more positive, but. Nah, I mean, I, I just want to take because we have been very, very negative for the last like 45 minutes, and I just want to say, just taking aside real quick, um, there's a lot to complain about. I, I get it, I agree, and I'm I'm sorry for a lot of people who have been dealing with the slog. I want to reiterate, I am fully excited about this season. I really am, and I'm not expecting everything to just suck. It's just this is the stuff there is to talk about in early September. So, yeah, I love yeah, that's, that's the Red Wings. I still love them too, and I like I said to JJ earlier, um, I'm excited for the season. Even if they're like, if I were to know, like, if someone were to come and tell me right now, hey, the, the Red Wings are going to be really, really bad this season, I'd still be excited. Like, I just I'm excited because hockey's back. I love watching them, even though even if it does bring me pain and, and suffering. I just like I'm I'm excited. So it is what it is. I'm I'm excited to see how they try and um uh they bounce how they try and bounce back from losing Pavel Datsuk. It's it's an exciting thing to, to see. Um whichever way it ends up going. But anyways, yes. Let's move on to something possibly a little bit more exciting and, and not so negative and doom and gloom. Uh the World Cup of Hockey is coming up, uh end of September. Um Henrik Zetterberg, Nicholas Cronwell uh, will not be playing because they are both injured, so that sucks, but maybe it's better for them to just rest. Um, you got Peter Mrazek, Dylan Larkin, uh, Justin Abelkader, um <laughs> <laughs> I just laugh at I laugh at Abelkader making Team USA. I just... just it is really he's, funny. He's, he's, you know, uh-huh. he's... I, I like Abdicator. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like Justin Abdicator. I think he's I I don't like his contract, but that's separate. But I do like him as as a player, but just when you're talking about the best players in the world, Justin Abdicator is not one of those players that comes to mind yeah. where you go, Yeah, totally you throw him on a national team where you can pick from everybody. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a it's just it's just an advocator. And to think that Luke Glendening could have been on that team. Like he could have had he could have had a shot to be on that team. <coughs> it's insane. Guys, it's insane. Like USA you're quickly making me go grab more bourbon. <laughs> I would have I, I would have actively I would have actively cheered for the US to win if Advocator and Glenn Denning were both on the team. Yeah, <laughs> see that's the where I'm weird tournament. at, because like I don't know if I'm rooting for or against Team USA because of the applicator inclusion. I'm 100 I think I'm rooting against them. I think I'm that, rooting I for mean, the under 23 team. Yeah, no, I'm going to be rooting for the under 23 team mostly. But oh, this yeah, absolutely. Entire, this entire tournament is tailor made for Team Canada. They're going to steamroll it in Toronto. It's yeah. Like, Hell yeah. It's like, you Hell could, yeah. It's like, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's in Toronto, I mean, the hockey mecca of the world, eh? And then you know they're just—it's just—it's gonna. And then Mike Babcock, of course. So it's like, God, God, it's gonna be so. I am going to hate watch it so hard if can't win Canada <laughs> win the, the entire tournament, and I'm gonna be so angry, <laughs> but and annoyed, and I'll just log off Twitter I, and just sit in my living room and yell. I'll tell you, as a Canadian, um, I mean, I, I always want Canada to win 
every international tournament. That's just the way it is. But like, if they win this, I won't feel nearly the same way as I did when they won the Olympics. The Olympics right, to me was the, the, the much bigger deal because that was best on best. <clears throat> like, like the only guys that didn't play were hurt, and that's why they didn't play. <coughs> yeah. Me, so. yeah, and I think that it's just Canada, it's, it's just tailor-made, and it's going to be like a fairy tale. It, it quite literally will be a fairy tale. Like, So, I, yeah, I don't know, whatever. But, yes, we are vote, We are all cheering for Team North America, the Young Guns team. And, they, mm-hmm. honestly, they could make a lot of noise because that team is stacked. Our team is to me, in order, yeah. I'm rooting for Team North America. I'm rooting for Team... Rando Europe, and then probably okay. Sweden, uh, the USA, Finland, and then Canada. <clears throat> I, I'm, yeah, that's uh, right. Tatar's on Team Europe, too. Yeah, my dream Forgot final would guy. be a, the Team North America versus Team Canada. And that uh, would be a lot of Dylan Larkin's winner, yeah. I yeah. don't even care because there are Canadians on Team North America, so it, it won't hurt me. If Team North America wins, well, it shouldn't hurt you either way because this this tournament literally means nothing. Yes, it means <laughs> any, I mean, the only like, thing it means is revenue for the NHL. That is it. Whatever. I'm excited because it gives me like an extra three weeks of like effective shit talking. That's what I miss most about yeah. hockey is saying things that make people mad. And yeah, this is going to give me so I much ammo because people are going to take it so seriously. There are. The, I, I guarantee there are people out there. Canadians yeah. who are taking this and, like, like talking about this like it's the seventy-two Summit Series, and it's like it's not. <laughs> this doesn't matter. This this tournament yeah. does not matter. It would be get, cool. it was like, like the, it was like the ninety-six World Cup. I mean, the ninety-six World Cup was that was a little different because it was before the Olympics. Mm-hmm. So, but like I don't, I don't feel nearly the amount of angst over Canada not winning the ninety-six World Cup as I do as I do over them not winning the 98 Olympics. Like, the 98 Olympics crushes my very soul that they didn't win that gold medal. Um, World Cups? Nah. They're, they're exhibition yeah, tournaments. I mean. They're preseason exhibition tournaments. They're not even, like, in the middle of the season where they're all in shapes, you know. This is all where they're all yeah. still fat and terrible. And I just, if, if, I mean, if I will completely change my outlook on the World Cup of Hockey if one of if, like, Dylan Larkin or Tatar, like, get an injury, I will stop watching. I will stop caring. I will not – I will just be really angry. Um, nobody's going to get injured because I don't think it's going to be that kind of a game. I'm just, obviously, it's not going to be super physical. I hope not. But, you know, you just hope that nobody gets hurt. But oh, I'm excited. The Canadians watch. are going to hurt people. The Canadians yeah, the Canadian, are defense, hurt. The, Canadian, the Canadian defense are going to be out to hurt people. Yeah, it'll be the they, 72 They signed all the same way. guys. <clears throat> they signed yeah. all the because they brought all the same guys. I mean, it's, you know, it's like Jay Bowmeister. How, how does that guy, Jay Bowmeister is the Justin Advocator of Canada. Like, how does he keep getting on national team? Nobody knows. I remember when we I'm all saying, I'm pretty sure Advocator was brought just to beat some people up in front of the net. So I, I could see it getting a little physical. I mean, Advocator got suspended from the world championships because of a. a oh, yeah, I hit, remember that. It? So yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, it'll be great. clearly he's not going to give if a shit. If anybody starts so. some shit, it's him. Yeah, whatever. What a dummy. Maybe, maybe yeah, I can't wait to for the NHL season. Out, 
he's gonna knock Thomas Tatar out of the tournament, and then it's just gonna <laughs> everything will be awful. <laughs> that would be the moment. That would that would just be the like there would be a the the cherry on that shit Sunday would have a Red Wing logo on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, the takes would be wonderful. Oh man, I'd eat that with a spoon. Ansar <laughs> would would Helene would praise uh, Abdicator's physicality. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's helping the doubt. team solve the solve the logjam. <laughs> <laughs> what a leader! Oh my god, I love give, it. Give him the C. <laughs> well, not too long until he has that, I imagine. Um, oh, just so yeah, in the World balls. Cup of Hockey. Oh yeah, yeah, just just cut my head off with a machete. Um, the World Cup of Hockey seems like everybody's pretty excited about it. Doesn't matter, so. It's just going to be extra hockey, extra shit-talking. Um, it'll be on ESPN, which is going to be entertaining, I'll bet. Um, or it'll be awful. I'm probably leaning towards awful. But, um, yeah, it's all in all, I think it's going to be fun. I just, you know, I just look forward to it being completely obnoxious when Canada wins it all, and it'll be a huge power trip. And then Canada won't have any teams to make the playoffs again, and then it'll be, you know, It'll be something. It'll be a moral high ground for them to have. So good, good for Canada. Um, sorry, Graham, uh, but I'm not really that sorry. You know what? Quite honestly, Canada winning the World Cup of Hockey and then not having any Canadian team make the playoffs—that's win-win for me. So because <laughs> oh, yeah. no, no true, like no, no, per, no Canadian with a, an actual head about them realizes, cares about Canadian teams. I use that in quotations, making the playoffs. They care about their team making the playoffs. But, like, if right. all the Canadian teams miss the playoffs, they don't care. These, these teams aren't made up of Canadian players. So you just blame the soft Euros and you move on. That's the Canadian way. Yeah. Good point. <laughs> Anyways, go. moving on to the next topic. Yeah. Um, as always, we have uh, reader questions. Not that many this time around, but that's okay. It's early September, nobody really... We're not all back into the swing of things, obviously. Um, JJ, as always, will be uh, taking care of that for us, so um, JJ, why don't you go ahead and ask us what the people are asking? Yeah, let's roll. we got about 30 minutes. we got 33 comments, and I think, I don't know, 12 questions. I'm going to start a little (laughs) bit down the list. Uh, Yvette, S19... Uh, didn't make the cut last show with the 50 great. He has a book called The 50 Greatest Red Wings. The top 10 are uh, Gordy Howe, Nick Lidstrom, Steve Eiserman, Terry Sawchuk, Ted Lindsay, Red Kelly, Sid Abel, Sergei Fedorov, Alex Delvecchio, and Pavel Datsuk. Do you agree with this top 10? It's pretty good. I'm trying to think anybody of anybody missing else. from there. There's nobody immediately jumps to mind. Norm Ullman, maybe. I don't know where he would rank. He'd be down on that list, but I think it's a good um, list. I don't take any yeah. objections for that list. If I'm defining greatest as like best players that this team has had, like, I don't take any objections with the way that list is ordered. No. So. Yeah, no, that's, that's a solid That's a solid. <laughs> yeah, I think the top ten, like, I could, I could maybe quibble players. about the order of some of those. Like, I think Fedorov yeah. down at eight is yeah. – is a little bit too low, but man, like bumping other people for that is is real rough. Yeah. The the, the list itself, the the 10 guys, that's the right, I think those are the right 10 guys. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Order, I'd move Fedorov up, personally. Yeah. Um, I'd bump him up probably 
Who was four? Four Sawchuck. Sawchuck, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's tough to, tough to bump Sawchuck. I'd put Sawchuck, Sawchuck Lindsay, Red Kelly, and Sid Abel are four through seven. I'd put Fedorov ahead. I'd put Fedorov ahead of Kelly and Sid Abel. I mean, Fedorov was Fedorov was for a time was the best player in the NHL. Full stop. Best player in hockey. Um, yeah, I didn't yeah. get to see Sawchuck or Abel play, so um, but yeah, I mean, I, Sawchuck, I, I'm like, with you on that. Sawchuck was one of the greatest goaltenders of all time. It, it, putting him up at four is, I think that's fair. Yeah. So, uh, others of note, uh, Shanahan is 13, Zetterberg 16, Mickey Redman 19, Osgood 20, uh, Cronwell is 46, <laughs> and Franzen is 49. So. <laughs> okay. Osgood is I don't 20? Know. I'm... Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, hey, whatever. You know what? Osgood was a great um, Red Wing. When you just look at the, his Red Wing body, he was, he was good Red yeah. Wing. <clears throat> he was the hero he was, we needed. Not the one we just. I'm legitimately okay. surprised Holmstrom wasn't anywhere on there. I would have yeah, thought he might have made that list. You'd think. I could have seen him like in the low 40s. You know, if low 40. 40 if if Franzen. I mean, but I mean, if, but I mean, if Franzen is on there at 49. I'd put Holmstrom ahead of Franzen in terms of greatest Red Wings. I'd put Holmstrom personally. ahead of Franzen. I agree. So, I don't know. Yeah, then Osgood would never see the puck. I mean, i put... Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But, um, <laughs> yeah. There's a grenade there. Was Ashik <laughs> not on it? Yeah, he wasn't here long enough. I don't care. He played for the Red Wings. How about yeah, Curtis I Joseph? Mean, Oh yes, I remember when that when we oh, got Christos, and I was so excited because I loved Cujo. I mean, and, I'm really mad now because I yeah. have a jersey. Like, I have a Curtis Joseph Red Wings jersey in my collection. I'm really pissed about you that. You gotta wear that every Red Wings game you go this year. That's I will wear that to the March You dummy! <laughs> I will absolutely wear that. I mean, I have an Osgood jersey. Because I guarantee you're going to get at least one person that's like, so your name is Joseph, huh? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's just, yeah. (laughs) I will 100% wear that to that March game I'm coming to. I have that. I will will wear that and get that ready. All right. Perfect. Uh, Moving on, uh, Sterno was actually the very first question. Uh, You put the Red Wings up against SKA St. Petersburg, uh, which is Datsuk's team. Uh, 100% healthy, everybody's in game shape, uh, ideal conditions. Uh, who wins? The Red Wings. Uh, yeah, I mean, this isn't a hard question. This is the Red Wings because it's Datsu Kovalchuk plus the AHL. Like this yeah, it's, yeah, they yeah, have, it's, like, one other guy who, who could play in the line? NHL. Like, like later in the in – the, Cerno answered, like, with what their total roster is and put uh, Steve Moses on the line with Kovalchuk and Datsuk. So um, that's where we are as, as far as the, the quality of the rest of that lineup. I think the Red Wings yeah. can, can deal with with them in either a one- or seven-game series. Yeah. That's the Red Wings playing the, a bad NHL team. They should win the game. That's not even a bad angel team. Those guys are in the KHL because likely they're not able to get crossed. Like yeah. They're not crossed over. 
like yeah. Botnikov made it over, and granted, he should have gotten more of a leeway in the NHL, but he came and he went back because like he didn't cut it here. With any, like that team just doesn't do anything. Yeah. Lancerman uh, wants to know what would each of you use as a design theme or concept for your own personal Red Wings goalie mask? A design concept. Um, like actually a really good question. That's a really yeah, good question. Good. <clears throat> hmm. I, I I'm a history I guy. I would go with so. I, I would I would kind of do something similar to what Morazic did, where he's got like you know Steve Eiserman and I think he's got Gordy Howe. On, like th- that's the way I would go. I'd kind of pay homage to the history of the franchise. I'd put the Olympia on there, like you know somehow. Um, yeah, that's how I would do it. I would go with uh, off the wide. I'd probably go with like um, uh, werewolves. I don't know. I mean, for All me. Right. I'm like Graham. I'm a big history <laughs> guy, so I, I'd have the I'd have the retired jersey numbers on there. Um, mm-hmm. I'd wear a bucket like Hashik because I don't I don't like the big I don't like the other ones. I want to wear a bucket like Hashik and Osgood, um, and I'd probably just have the retired jersey numbers going across the top. Or if I wanted to wear my alternate mask, I'd go like Mini Legacy with the big freaking octopus on the front of it. It'd be great. Okay, that's good. Yep. I, you know what? I take that back. I know what my theme would be. It would be, uh, it would be themed off of the Monster Squad. <laughs> oh, that's a great movie. Yeah, that would definitely be. I'd go with that. Wolf's man's got nards. <laughs> um, I'm a, I'm a big history guy too, but I'm also a big psychology guy. I think I would want my mask painted, um, like a goatsy, like my face is coming out of it, <laughs> and then. Whenever somebody was coming in on me, I just blow a I drop, just blow a big raspberry at him. What the fuck is wrong with you? I think you and Gary. Yeah, Jr. If it saves just, if well. just one goal, do, do what? I said you and Gary Cheever. Gary Cheever was to do that all like the freaking stitches on his mask, so like just psych people yeah. out. If you can get the psychological advantage over just one guy, then it's worth it. Um, but the league wouldn't allow it. I love it. Uh, standing ovation, penalty kill. Wants to know if Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump are Red Wings players, what position would they play? God. Um, Donald Trump would be... Donald Trump would be a right winger. And Hillary would be a center. <laughs> that would be a... <laughs> I was actually thinking about not like the. I was taking the other path. Like, oh, what, what direction? <laughs> How do you, no, that's, it's tough to it. answer this question without maybe giving away your political leanings, which I guess. I don't yeah, know. and I'm not going to do that. To me, so. I don't know. Trump is Dan Cleary, and Clinton Hillary is uh, Jonathan Erickson. Donald Trump is Sean Avery, and Hillary Clinton is Dan Cleary for me. That's exactly what uh, all James said. In response to that. Wait, seriously? Yeah. If I were to compare oh, yeah. them to former Red Wings players, Clinton would be Dan Cleary, a stable veteran that became wildly unpopular amongst the fan once more exciting prospects became available. <laughs> and Trump would be Sean Avery for obvious reasons. And then people came in like, hey, don't 
don't insult Avery like that. And yeah, <laughs> like that was. Of course. Eight comments. And that's why we have 30 course, comments. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Indie Wing 97, what's going to happen with Polkinen and Yurko realistically? Um, Jesus Christ, I don't know. Um, Polkinen's going to be out, what, was it up to four months, four to, or was it four to six months? I can't remember, honestly. Was It, it was four months, right? Or was it weeks? Uh, he's probably going to no, miss months. October. It's months. Yeah, it, he's, okay. he's out for the start of the season. Okay, and then Yurko um, is just questionable for the start of the season, right? Uh, Yurko is probably no, because he he like had surgery that like no, that's right, he had surgery. Do anything for four to six weeks, and then you have to get in shape. So we're looking at at losing Yurko um, maybe until December. Mm. I, I honestly, I I think they're both what they were last year. They're they're you know, in and out of the lineup. I don't think anything changes with them. I think that uh, either other guys come up and take their spot or they just they just can't crack the lineup for whatever reason. Um, and by the end of the year, they're just, they're basically healthy scratches again. They never <clears throat> play for the Wings again. I don't see it. Okay. Not well, that's bold. That's bold. That's a bold yeah. prediction. I agree right bold because I, I don't I think you're wrong because I think by the time they're ready to come back, someone else is going to be hurt. So, yeah, <laughs> I think they get into to some games because of other injuries, but since they don't score three goals every single game, um, they get dropped back out when people get healthy and then just kind of fade off into obscurity. Yeah. Uh, T and Caker Death, our own T and Caker Death. Uh, wants to know, does an NHL team with more players in the World Cup have an advantage over teams with fewer players? Uh, basically, they'll be game-ready uh, by the time the season starts. Or will those players show more wear by the end of the season and cancel out any possible early advantages? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess it, it, it depends on the player because some players can, you know, it doesn't matter. They're fitness freaks and they could play – 12 months a year and it won't, it doesn't matter the wear and tear other guys just they're just not in as good a shape so I don't necessarily see it as any sort of big advantage I, I would say the under 23 team just because of the fact that they're younger they could probably handle um, the, the rigors of the tournament training camp and the preseason and full season better than you know the 30 plus guys That'd be my guess, but I, I don't know that there's going to be any sort of major advantage at all. I mean, from a math standpoint, like Sporting Charts actually looked at what happens if you send more players to the Olympics. Um, granted, that's like a February time break. And they did find uh, statistically significant that if you sent fewer players, you're more likely for your winning percentage to improve. And then the teams that sent more than seven plus players ended up seeing significant decreases in their winning percentage following the Olympic break. Granted, this is now the start of the season, so I don't know how that's all going to change. Um, I, I wonder if these teams burn out closer towards the end, but I don't know why it would affect the start. If anything, I would think that these guys are kind of more ready to go from the beginning 
having played actual games against elite competition, I would think that a lot of these teams with nine, eight players will get out of the gates faster. But it's an interesting thought if they burn out quicker at the end. Yeah, I think the Olympic effect is caused because it also uh, fucks up with the the regular season schedule. It compresses yep. it a lot, and that changes yeah. things a lot. Um, I think that they'll basically have the same situation that all players go through, uh, where you take a little while to get into game shape, you go on for a good while, then you kind of hit that lull, and then you kind of fire it back up. I just think that it moves everything forward by like two weeks. So... I think they'll be better again by the time it comes around to playoff time and that they're firing on full cylinders. And then I'm kind of wondering if it, uh, if it hurts them like in the last two rounds of the playoffs. But honestly, if you get to the last two rounds of the playoffs, uh, good for you anyway. I hope you fail if you're not the Red Wings. And then uh, if the Red Wings had to change to a different color, what would you choose, Kyle? Uh, the green wings, the black wings? God, I- Oh, so like the actual name, not like just the colors. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> I thought you meant just stay the Red Wings and then just change the actual colors. Um, I would say the Purple Wings. All right, Graham. Because I think purple. I think purple's a great color. Uh, the black. The Blackhawk Wings. Okay. There's the Chicago yeah, one. Oh, like turquoise or some <laughs> shit like that. Turquoise, the turquoise wings. <laughs> I say the gold wings. Gold wings. The gold wings, and then they get sponsored by Honda. It's a motorcycle joke. <laughs> Holmes from '96 wants to know what's your favorite pair of shoes. Flip flops. Really. <laughs> you suck. That's a surprise. Why? Why do I suck? Well, Just in I general. thought that was a surprise. I wasn't anticipating you saying flip flops, Kyle. Why? I was one hundred percent anticipating you saying flip flops, Kyle. Yes. Oh, you were. Oh, okay, I thought you said you weren't in play. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I love George. They're great. Yeah. yeah. They're yeah. I just throw them on and go. Friday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, I get to wear wear flip-flops to the office, and it is wonderful. It's the best. What about shorts? You get to wear I love shorts. God, they're just... Like, <laughs> anybody who doesn't wear shorts and doesn't understand, just, I'm sorry. Who hurt you? Like, this is this is wonderful. I wear... I'm the person who wears, like, uh, who will wear flip-flops in the wintertime. You wear sunglasses I, I will... with no lenses, Kyle. Yeah, that, that too. I had no choice. I lost you lens. had a choice. You, you could have taken the glasses. You had lots of choices. Because you didn't have to do them. You could have put them in your pocket. You could have thrown them away. I wanted you to had, wear them. You had no lenses in them, so you wore frames. You you know what you could have done? Taken some pipe cleaners and made them into glasses. Would have been the same concept. I don't have pipe cleaners, though. <laughs> would look the same. Actually, it would look better because it would look no, like you made them yourself. No. Uh, does I anybody like, else have uh, an answer for this? I, I, I like uh I, I don't get to wear them often because I do work from home, but um I do enjoy wearing my my dress shoes. I have like a nice pair of black dress shoes, no no ties cause no tying them up because I'm a grown up. I just want to flip them on. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. love them. That's why I flip flops. 
They have memory foam in them. They are the best shoes ever. They look great. All right. Keep them nice and polished. Yeah. Hey, man. I just got my I got my Nikes, man. That's, that's it. I have, like, two pairs of shoes. I also have two pairs of shoes. I got white New Balances. Yeah, my flip-flops. I'm rocking the yeah. dad look. The dad shoes. <laughs> the dad I do. I have the dad shoes. And I wear them everywhere. Katie Annie wants to know how unfairly is Anthony C.U. treated this season? Super, yes. Not Everybody really agrees. Unfairly. Super unfairly. Yeah. yeah. All right. It's going to be bad. Yeah. Yep. ENSRW, which of the three players of Ouellette, Sproul, and Jensen will be with the Red Wings three years from now? Zero. That's a pretty easy one. You could say one year from now, and I'd still say zero. I say, uh-huh. wait, only all of them? Like, literally, I don't know where people are going to go with the contract situation that we've just gotten the next year. Like, if you look at the number well, of RFAs and UFAs they've got and the amount of money they've got, they're going to have to jettison a large portion of players. And it's going to be people who haven't proven themselves like we've already talked about. I, I don't know who's, how they're going to be able to keep well, everybody. Sproul hasn't even signed yet, so right. who knows? <laughs> He might he might be bye bye. I'll say Jensen just because he'll still be in the Red Wing system. He just won't be a Red Wing. That's a good answer. I'm still on team yeah. uh, wild expectations for Ryan Sproul. That's that's <clears throat> where we go. Uh, what are the odds of AA and Manta making the roster opening night? Pretty good with if we all of them. Shoot- the knee with arrows or some shit. Like, both like, well, injury situation. So. I think the injury situation literally just made it, it made it so that it's no longer uh, a given that one of Miller or Ott will make the team and the other will get waived. I think literally it just made yeah. space for them and that definitely AA and Mantha are not both going to be on the team. It's only going to be one at most. Yeah, I think Mantha starts in Grand Rapids. Yep. Yeah, oh, easy. Uh, yep. I don't think Mantha makes the team. Yeah. I think Mantha could. I think unless Mantha scores 15 goals in the preseason, he's going to Grand Rapids. It's already, it's it's ordained for him. Yep. So odds are 10 to one. Question for Prashanth: If up? the Wings offered you a job, would you quit pharmacy? Pretty sure I've already made myself wholly unmarketable, so I don't think that's ever going to happen. But uh, I've toyed back and forth. I'm currently on team. Yes, I would, but we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I'm pretty sure I've made myself largely unmarketable to the team through constant criticism of literally every decision they make. So I don't anticipate having to deal with that. But, yes, at this point in time, I would. I don't know. The Oilers hired Tyler Dello. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, I don't actually And then they fired him. <laughs> so I don't I never interacted with him ahead of him getting hired and never saw his website. I'm fairly new to this Twitter deal, so He was you... way more hot after the Oilers than than you have been about the Red Wings. Yeah. Oh yeah. He ripped That's them. interesting. Yeah. yeah. So um I know this this question isn't for me, but I don't think the Red Wings would pay an analytics guy nearly what you could make in pharmacy. Probably not, no. Plus, not, then you have to no. be, like, inside. You can't really share your fan experience, and it would change things a lot. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah, it could be just, like build a secure Slack channel and just tell you all the shit that's happening. So if that actually, yeah. oh, I would demand that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, absolutely. I would not actually leave winging in Motown. I would just not write, but tell you shit. So. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly we've got inside info. Uh, let's see. Of these players, who's going to put up the most points four seasons from now? Athanasiu, Mantha, Bertuzzi, Svechnikov, Yurko, Polkonen, or Shayan? Oof, that's a good one because... Oof. Um, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and say uh, I'm going to say Svechnikov. I'm really high on him. Yep, me too. Sure. I like not? him a lot. Uh, wait, what were the Take other it. options? A.A., Mantha, Bertuzzi, oh. Yurko, Polkanen, or Shayan? Um, Polkanen for Arizona. <laughs> oh, man. That's a good answer. That is a great What about you, Pagan? I got Athens to you. Um, this guy's speed is unbelievable. If you give him a chance, and it's probably four years from now, it's probably not for Detroit. Um, but I think he's going to be the best player out of that group. Why does why does that like <laughs> Prashant like I I'm like wondering is he even a Red Wings fan anymore? And I ask that to myself sometimes. I'm like, man, am I even a fan of this team right now? Like, <laughs> I just am getting so annoyed because if you look at like the the free agent situation next year, he's an he's a restricted free agent. You got Polkin is restricted, Yurko's restricted, you got uh, Tatar's restricted, and Brandon Smith is an unrestricted free agent. You're literally going to jettison. The only players I actually like on this team. It's so frustrating. Because <laughs> you already got $67 this is what million dollars committed in the cap. We got to watch Calgary fans go through this. We got to watch Vancouver fans go through this more than once. Um, I know. Avalanche fans, Blues fans. We got to watch literally every other fan base go through this. Like, I'm a fan of these players more than I'm a fan of the team. And, like, I honestly wish them well going away because they're getting away from – the garbage, like, it, it, this is the start of it, and hopefully we get to, to short-circuit it again, because we've already been due for this uh, for a long, long time, but uh, yeah, that's, that's the way it goes. It's just, it's frustrating. Like, I look at who is locked up and who is not, and literally the Wings have an opportunity, like, next year's D-Day. You, if you don't make the right moves, that entire team is going to blow up, but that's besides the point. Yeah, yeah, I would well, uh, I would put the AA second behind uh, Chevy, and then Mantha third. But our sizzle didn't ask that, so fuck you. Uh, <laughs> Peter's glove wants them any chance that Martin Furt contributes this year. <laughs> Apparently, nobody's has... talking about it. Well, uh, here's the thing. The uh, here's how. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the thing about Martin Furt is that he blew up. It took him a long. He he was like a. He was definitely like the, he is the uh, definition of a project player because he spent years after he left the the, the junior circuit trying to find his rut in in the professional uh, professional level, and then he just blew it out of the water last season in the NA, or the, the AHL, and he was real, real good. Um, so what sucks for him is that the Red Wings, they're probably not going to tr- 
try they're probably not gonna wanna lose him right off the bat, so they're gonna just keep him as like a thirteenth or fourteenth forward. So he's going to have that super hot season in the AHL and then he's going to come to the NHL and he's going to sit. So I don't know if he'll play in the NHL, but I don't think he's going to get enough time or enough reps to actually prove what he's worth. And then ultimately, you've got yourself another Andre Nestrosel because that's exactly what he is, I think. Well, Except a different type play, of player, obviously. Didn't he play with McKinnon and Drouin in... Uh, yeah. yeah. In, he was, part, he was so, the triplet, yeah. yeah. He, he, he was the third guy. And there was always a concern of how much was his value... Um, overinflated by playing with those two guys versus how good is he actually? And, and, and you know, maybe that's the answer is maybe he's a second, maybe he's a second line guy that, um, you know, just needed a little bit of extra time because he's, I mean, he's still good. Look, you don't play with McKinnon and Drone if you're not good. Right. I mean, they're not right. going to just put some shit fuck on their line and just say, Hey, you know, here you go. Um, I don't know. They played so, applicator with Datsuk and Zetterberg for so many years. Well, you know, somebody's got to move the piano, JJ. So, <laughs> uh, how much you just fucking get on board? Um, I, 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 I don't know. I, I think Ferk's <laughs> intriguing because there's already 400 wingers on the Red Wings. So I don't know, but I, I, I agree. I don't think they're going to want to lose him for nothing. And I feel like if they tried to send him down, somebody would pick him up. Somebody would take a look and just go, "Yeah, you know, we need some." We need some help. He's a free guy. Grab him. Right. And, I mean, when you look at how he actually performed, you know, talking about whether or not he's worth it, he led the team last year. And he led Grand Rapids last year in goals per game at .4. So it's not like this is a guy who's not producing away from, you know, McKinnon Drew. And this guy led the team in just production from a goal standpoint last year. The guy's a right-handed shot. He's got a wicked shot from what we've, seen and heard I mean it honestly just sounds a lot like Polkin in 2.0 except we think he's a better skater and he's yeah. 22 and I'm going okay are we going to do the same dance we did with Polkin in is he just going to be healthy scratched or are we just going to wave him and hope that nobody touches him when you've got a bunch of teams who are you know milling through all the AHL stats and trying to identify these gems, and that's a free player for him to take a shot at. I, I'm not sure how they're going to make room for him because, to me, he's lowest on their list, as he should be behind Mantha and Athanasiu, in my opinion, but he should also be well ahead of a lot of guys who that's, that's not a decision that's going to happen. So I, I'm not sure. Yeah. I, I don't think he's here this year, and it's because I, I just don't know what the Wings are going to do with him. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you mentioned Polkanen because I was going to say that he's he's taking Polkanen with all the vowels. Uh, Thunderdome with the two of those. Uh, winner comes out, the loser gets picked up on waivers or traded. Um, yeah. There can be only one. Uh, so go for it. You're going to get your chance with Polkanen out and uh, with you being waiver eligible. So make the most of it. Last question. We only have like uh, three minutes or two minutes for this. Debate the pros and cons of Olympic hockey becoming a under-23 tournament similar to soccer in the Olympics. The not best done con best. is that not that's going to remove NHL. The NHL isn't going to play, and I, that would bore me, honestly. Yeah. Pros is it gives you a lot of chance to see prospects that you're not normally going to see on a large international stage. 
Yeah, I I mean that'd be great, but I don't think that's ever going to happen. I don't know. I, I, I would I would personally lose a lot of interest because um, you know the kind of the whole point is if the Olympics are best on best, you want the best players there, and I think there's that's the most Canadian talent. thing. Well, and it's, but there's <laughs> enough talent spread throughout all the countries that it makes for a compelling tournament. Uh, it's not like uh, it's not like basketball, right? Where you've basically got two or three countries that are just going to dominate, and just everybody else plays for fourth. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. Like I, I'm not really. The next Olympics are in South Korea, so. Like I, I'm not gonna wake up at three o'clock in the morning to watch it, regardless whether there's NHLers. Um, that's the whole reason for the World Cup of even coming around. It's because it's being played in. It's always gonna be played in North America. Um, if it's under 23, yeah, I'll follow it like by box scores and by watching replays and stuff. But I'm probably not carving out um, time to watch anything other than the gold medal game. Yeah. I mean, it'll be fun to to watch the a lot of kids play, um, but even then, like, if they're at a point where you're 22 years old and you're already not on a roster, then <laughs> I guess this goes back to the Red Wing way of doing things. I mean, how good are you? So, hmm. I don't know. Do it just to end it and also to have make Canadians constantly, every time that they don't win the gold medal, it'll always be, well, it wasn't best on best, so it didn't count. Because I love that. It doesn't matter. We won three gold medals in four, in four Olympics, so whatever. When it was best on best. Eh. We own, brag- we own bragging rights forever. 98. Oh, fucking fucking <laughs> Hashik. 98. You guys trashed the whole right, television. We got 30 seconds. So. All right. Well, so out this here, has been of. another 30 seconds. Any hockey-related thoughts? No? Okay, well. Hey, go Red Wings. Go Red Wings. And, uh, for Kyle, for JJ, for Graham, for Prashant. This has been real. We'll talk to you next time, folks. Have a good night. Wing in it. Wing in it.